Amen. Well, good morning. And again, welcome to church. My name is Travis, lead pastor here at Antioch. So thankful that you have joined with us here on this holiday weekend. Uh, it's good to be together as, as a family. Um, we've got our, our kids in the room with us, as Greg mentioned earlier. Many of you will be at kids camp next week, which is going to be awesome. I'm going to be there with you guys, so I'm looking forward uh, to being there as well. Uh, excited about that. Last week, we had youth camp, which was an, an, a powerful experience for our youth. We had five of them get baptized up there at camp. God was doing some incredible things uh, in, in our youth. We had uh, 85 people uh, that were up there just worshiping, um, being together uh, and, uh, with God and setting aside a weekend. So, man, uh, grab a youth and ask them more about it. But they had a great weekend and looking forward to next weekend with our kids. And uh, we are going to be continuing today our, our series on faith, asking God to give us eyes of faith. As you know, faith is a, uh, a, a central theme in the Christian life, uh, something that we're introduced to, that we begin with, and something that, a, a word that we have be become very accustomed to. And uh, Hebrews 11, the, the chapter study that we're going through throughout the summer is, is a classic chapter in the book of the Bible. And so with all of that, I want to urge us again to press in, to, to not glaze over as we talk about a, a very common subject out of a very well-known chapter in the Bible, but actually to position ourselves in such a way as to receive uh, deeper places of faith that God wants to, to give us today. Um, because it is central uh, to the Christian life for a reason. And I really believe that there are new ways that God is wanting to release faith to, to you and to me uh, throughout the course of the summer and even this morning uh, in a way that will be radical for the way that you live. And so it really comes back to, to the to posturing and the positioning of our hearts before God uh, in a place of hunger and in a place of desire to receive from him, okay? So let's put ourselves there as best we know how and then allow the word of God to just have its effect in us. We're gonna be specifically this morning uh, reading we're kind of going to do a little loop-de-loo, if you will. So uh, last week, Adam shared, uh, beginning in Hebrews eleven thirteen, talking about uh, one of the things that he really drew out of that is the, the fact that we have to be a people who place our faith not in the promises that God gives us, not in the, the results of faith, but, but actually that our faith would rely solely in the person of God, that he is the object of our faith that he actually is our great reward. It is not even the promises that we so desire or that he has spoken to us that are the greatest of the rewards, but it is him himself. It is the, it is the, uh, the, the grace that we've been given to walk with Jesus, to, to, to walk with God because of the forgiveness uh, of sin that we've experienced. And so that is the great reward. And, 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 and while we, we, we have to center our faith around that, I want to talk today about the receiving of the promise. And what does that look like as we walk uh, with our great reward, who is Christ Jesus himself? So what does that look like? And we have here surrounding the passage that Adam spoke about last week, a story about Abraham, his wife, Sarah, and, uh, and a son that will be 
given to them Isaac. And so uh, we're going to begin this week talking about the journey of Sarah. Um, and next week, we're going to talk about the, the journey of Abraham uh, that, that goes hand in hand with the promise of the son, Isaac. Okay, so uh, we're going to read in Hebrews 11, uh, 11 and 12. Okay, it says simply this, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many of the stars, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So we're going to take this journey of faith with Sarah this morning. Going back to the book of Genesis in, in chapter 12, you, you first have uh, the, the promise of God over Abraham, his family, and his descendants that, that, they, will have, uh, that they will have many many descendants, as it says there in Hebrews 11, as many as the stars in the heavens or the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So, so too will be your descendants. The problem was, that they had, ha they had no children, uh, that they had not been able to have children. Sarah was now in Hebrews 11 here. She was now 65 years old when this promise comes uh, to Abraham and, and his family. 65 years old and had un been unable to have children. And so from the very get-go, this is a great promise it has a lot of grandeur there in one way is a level of excitement about the fact that God would, would call us to have such a, a promise in our lives to be such a part of his plans and purposes. And yet at the same time, it seems impossible. It feels very impossible. What does this even mean? Like I had, you know, I was coming to grips with the fact that, that uh, we, we would never have children, that I would be unable to conceive, that I would be, be unable to pass on, along the, the lineage of this family. And, and now I have this promise. And, and so now I have to open up in, in one way the, some of these wounds that, that, were, that were beginning to be like, I was just beginning to resolve uh, what my life would look like. And, and yet God promises in the face of, of what was infertility, of what was death, so to speak, in the womb, God is saying, no, there's life there. In the places that felt like there was death, God always steps in and says, no, there is life. Let me bring life. And to, to, to go there, there's got to be this little element called faith because everything in the natural has said otherwise. And so there's got to be an element of faith that God is a God of life, that God is a God of the impossible, that God is a God who is faithful to his promises. And so she has to enter in on this journey. Well, nothing happens. And for, for 10 years, there, there, there's nothing recorded in scripture uh, about either them having children or God speaking to this until we come to Genesis 15, 10 years later. Uh, Sarah is now 75 years old and, and nothing's happened. Uh, whatever spark of faith there may have been that this is gonna be a reality. And now 10 years has passed. Yeah, how quickly do we move on past things when we think, okay, God's spoken this, it's gonna happen. It, it, it's 10, 10 days, right? And we're like, well, I guess I missed that. 
<laughs> that, that's not happening. And, and here we are in the life of Sarah 10 years later. And, and God, again, he, he doubles down on the promise in, in Genesis 15. And he, and he declares it again. This is the promise over your family. You, you will have descendants as many as the stars in the heaven or the sand on the seashore. But we know that to have descendants like that requires offspring, right? It, it requires offspring. And, and so they're still here and they're saying, we, yes, we hear you, but something has to be done about it. Right, and there, there's got to be this this faith. Okay, so today um, we're we're having bomb pops after church. Kids, you like bomb pops? Okay, what kids like? Okay, raise your hand if you want a bomb pop. Okay, so you want a bomb pop? All right, so we're gonna get that to you. Just keep your hand raised there. Okay, I said kids, um, but okay. All right, bomb pops coming. So here they are. They got this promise that something good is coming, but, they, but they, they don't really know when it's coming. They say to trust. Well, uh, uh, just after this in Genesis 16, they do something that we all do. And some of these kids are thinking about doing because they're still looking around wondering who's bringing the bomb pops in. They're like, do I need to get up and go find the bomb pops? Where just to put you, say, okay, you can't put your hands down now. It's going to be after. But see, they didn't know it was going to be, they didn't know when it was going to be. They're sitting there wrestling with, so where's the bomb pop? Like that, now I can't think of anything else except for putting this tasty little three-layered treat in, into, into my mouth on this hot day. And, and yet they didn't know. The promise was there. And yet, like we so often do, what happens next in Genesis 16 is Sarah, along with Abraham, decide to take matters into their own hands. Sarah has a maidservant and she gives her maidservant to be, to become the wife of her husband, uh, Abraham, and says, if I can't have offspring, I don't want the promises of God to be null and void for you and for, for our lineage. So why don't you take her as your wife? And, 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 and sure enough, he, uh, they have a son together, Abraham and Hagar, and they name him Ishmael. And, and the problem is that that was taking matters into their own hands. Have you ever done that with something that God spoke into you? Where you begin to wait and, and, and you're waiting for a while and like, okay, God's gonna, gonna do this. But, but we begin to create plans. We begin to make agendas to kind of maybe speed up the process a little bit. And little by little, we, we, we not in an outright way, where we're saying, God, we don't trust you. But, but little by little, we begin to take matters back into our own hands. And maybe this promise of what God's gonna do, we, we, we begin to like put the word out to some friends. Hey, here, or send an email or do something like this to kind of try to, 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 to kind of bring some control back to us around this situation or around this promise where, where we begin um, to, to, to make decisions that lead to a man-made solution. 
The problem is, and what we find as you, as you read in Genesis 16, is it, is it leads, man-made solutions lead to, to, to no good. In this case, to divisiveness, to anger, to, to jealousy, to comparison, to bitterness. Uh, and and it, it, was, it, was, it was not good. And yet we, we, we have such a hard time trusting in, in the timing of God. We start to, to take back or grasp for control over a situation. And the reason that is, is because the faith by very nature is something that requires a bit of a wrestle. And, and, and so sometimes that wrestle begins to happen and we're like, God, is it, are you going to do it or not? And, and, and sometimes our flesh begins to win when we begin to take matters into our own, own hands. And in the wrestle, when we can continue to lay down our own agenda, when we can continue to, to surrender our, our doubt to him and trust him with that, with that then God begins to break through with promises. And when we allow him to break through in the times when we are able to truly wait on God, we're able to see the miraculous happen. We're able to see him come through as a, as a provider, as one who comes through and, and exceeds our expectations. But when we try to do it in our own timing, we, we find failure, we find disappointment, we, we, we find that we have uh, unreasonable expectations that we've put on things or just seen things wrongly. And so let's go back to our text here in, in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. Okay, so there's something here that, that, I, that I want us to, to hear. So, so there, there's the, the word here, received is actually a word that is, is, that is most, most often or most directly translated to take, lay hold of, or to grasp. The, the Greek word there is lambano. And while it can mean to receive, the primary definition of this word is to take or to lay hold of. And so I want us to think of, of it in that way for a moment. By faith, Sarah herself laid hold of the power to conceive. Okay, so it's, it's, um, it's translated receive there because we're wanting to both acknowledge the fact that uh, Sarah has no power in and of herself. We have no power in and of ourselves to, to see something miraculous happen. That is God that, that causes that to happen. And yet... There is a process in faith by which we lay hold of something. Even if you um, use the, the translation to receive, it is not an inactive receiving where you're just waiting around for something uh, to happen and like, oh, great, look what just happened. There is a, there is a laying hold of by faith. There is, a, there is a promise that God gives that you apprehend by faith in such a way that it becomes reality for you, as good as reality, because God has stated it. And so while it is a, a reality in the spiritual and not yet in the natural, what faith does is apprehends it and begins to believe it here in the natural realm until it comes to pass. This is the action of faith. And so by faith, Sarah herself laid hold of a, a power to conceive. Uh, um, and so God, uh, again, 
obviously is the one who releases the power, but this, there's this action uh, of faith. Uh, let, me, let me reiterate it by, by having you look at Mark chapter 11, okay? In Mark chapter 11, Jesus has uh, just cursed the fig tree. They're coming by uh, a little later on. And Peter's like, oh my goodness, the, the fig tree is dead. And he's pointing it out to everybody. And, and then Jesus, this is Jesus's response in the next verse, verse 22 of Mark 11 says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Okay, so there's a couple of things I wanna point out here. First of all, there's that little phrase there at the end, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So there is this believing, there is this, this, this grasping and laying hold of. Now it's not easy. That's why it's a wrestle. And that's why often that wrestle turns into us taking things into our own control. Cause we're like, I don't know if I can lay hold of that. Now I can kind of manipulate this here and there and that might get me down the road a little bit. I can, I can grasp that a little easier. What we're talking about grasping is a little harder to grasp because it, we're not in control of it. And yet we lay hold of something where we believe that we have received it when we've actually not yet received it in the natural. Okay, Th this, is, this is the working of faith. How do I lay hold of something uh, and believe that I have received it? And, and I like how we're, we're using the, the word of, of po possession. It's like, no, I, 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 I own something, I have something, I'm holding on to something. Because faith um, can, can feel very uh, intangible. Like I can't, how do I hold on to it? It's just, I can't see it. And yet it's being talked about as something that's grasped, that's laid hold of, or that's, that's received. In fact, if you, you um, translate uh, verse 22 there in, in Matthew 11, here it's, it describes it as saying, Having, have faith in God. One of the interesting things about the, this, uh, this particular wording in the Greek is that it's found in the, in the genitive case, which is the, it's showing possession. And, and so it's, it's, a, it's a little peculiar, which again is why, it, why it's not translated that way, but, but really more directly, this could be translated, have God's faith. Basically, it's like, okay, this is actually Andy's Bible that I'm, that I'm using this morning. So it, it would be like me saying, here, have Andy's Bible. Okay, that, that's what's being said here. God's like, here, here have, have faith, have, have my faith. And, and so it's, it's this, this thing of, we're not actually alone in this, like, okay, I've got to muster up faith. God's actually saying, here, here's some faith. Like God, God's faith uh, in the sense, and when you talk about concrete, when God speaks a word, does he not know that it will come to pass? And so he's kind of like, hey, let, let me help you here. Uh, let, let, me, let me share some faith with you. Will you just lay hold of it? So again, it, 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 there, there is the sense of ha that the have is a, it's a kind of a, a, it's a, it's a kind of a, um, 
It's not an active tense. It's passive. There we go. That's the word. It's, it's, it's a passive tense. There is a receiving element to it. And, and yet we know that there's something that must be grasped. To, to receive the Bible, like here, have Andy's Bible. Uh, it's being given to you, but you have to somehow extend your hand. You have to receive it. And so we want to lay hold of faith today in a new way. We want to lay hold of faith today in a new way. We want to wrestle for it. And we want to recognize that there is always a wrestle for faith. And we want to acknowledge and realize when we have, we're actually losing that little wrestle and, and we're trusting and grasping hold of control again, rather than letting go of control and laying hold of faith laying hold of, as Jesus says, believing that you've already received it when you actually have not yet in the natural. Okay, that is the challenge of faith and, and one that we all have room to grow in, right? So, so really, uh, you know, I, I even want to think about it and God, how can I how can I grow in that? Because we don't grow in it just by sitting around learning more about it. We grow in it by being in positions to have to operate in it, to have to, to make the choice to believe that we've received something in God. And so I'm asking this morning for, for, for myself, for all of us, what does it look like to position ourselves in a way where we need to respond in faith? where we, there, there's an opportunity for us to express faith because uh, in, in our world today, in, in our society, I should say, um, we can go days, weeks, months without really having to express any kind of real faith, right? In times where it's like, man, my job's going all right. Like I, I got some good friends. I don't know, like life's pretty good. And, and, and we can go days on end without having to express faith because faith for the believer, and, and you can see this in the context of scripture, that, that faith is not just a one-time action of putting our faith in the person of Jesus Christ, but it is an enduring work that goes throughout a lifetime. That's what we see in the life of Sarah. That it wasn't like, okay, great, and, and now, now I'm pregnant. No, we're, we're now here, we're just, we're, we're, 10, we're 10 years in, into the journey and, um, and, and, and she's still going and having to express faith. We actually don't know a lot about how Sarah expressed that faith. That's not articulated uh, in, in the text of, of Genesis. And so we, but we know that there was a process she was going on because of Hebrews 11, which says by faith, this thing happened to Sarah. The, the, by faith, she was able to grasp, she was able to receive the power to conceive. And so there was a journey of faith that she was going on now, 10 years in the making. And, and, and as you move through, um, you come uh, to, to uh, you move 10 years further down the road. You go, you go from, from her being, actually, we're going to jump even further than that. To, to, so she, when she was 75, she got the other promise. When she was 76 is when she kind of tried to, to, to figure out a, her, her own plan that didn't work well. And now she's 89 years old in Genesis 17 where God again comes to Abraham and he here now 14 years later, again, re restating the promise. 
Okay, so now we're 24 years in to her having received this promise and wrestling, both her and Abraham, wrestling with this promise that God has given them of descendants. And he reiterates the promise and then he speaks specifically to Abraham about Sarah. He says this in verse 15 of Genesis 17, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah and I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. And I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. It's a powerful promise. But Abraham fell face down. He laughed. And he said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. They'd gotten to this point and actually uh, Sarah in the, the very next chapter, Genesis 18, the, uh, some visitors come, they, they're representatives of, they represent the, the Lord himself being there again with this promise saying, I, I will come back a year from now and Sarah will have a baby. And she too laughs when she hears this promise. And uh, the, this is, there's unbelief there. It's not an obstinate unbelief like we are unwilling to believe, but it's, it's a, an unbelief that comes after 24 years of the wrestle. Like, I, I don't even know what to do now. And yet a year later, when Sarah is 90 years old, it says this in Genesis 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. As he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And so you have this unique uh, little, little wording of, of laughter where both, uh, both of them a year earlier had laughed at the promises of God. Now they're laughing with joy and the name Isaac means laughter. It means to, to laugh. And, and so there's this, this joy that comes. There is laughter, there is joy in the morning when we wait on the promises of God. And one of the things that's been interesting is I've been kind of diving into the, the life of Sarah a little bit this week has been that, that actually there were three of the, the matriarchs of the, of the faith that, that struggled with infertility. And I don't know exactly why that is, but I know that it became the training ground of faith for those who were, were, the, were the, the mothers and fathers of faith. 
that, that it, it didn't come without the trials. It didn't come with the promise of God uh, happening immediately. It, it came with the, the promise of God experiencing some delay as it was from the perspective of, 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 hum, of the human. Not delay in the heart of God, but a delay in the way that we would see it. A delay in the way that we would expect things to happen. And so it is that faith was amassed. And so it is that faith was handed down from generation to generation. And so it is that, that uh, the, the, what the saying became, uh, even for Sarah here in Hebrews 11, was that, uh, that she conceived even when she was past age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. And it comes back to what we talked about last week, that he is the one who is faithful, that our faith comes from the fact that he is faithful. That's where our faith comes from. If we do not know him or see him or acknowledge him or believe that he is a faithful God, then our faith will be weak. If we do not see him as one who is able, then our faith will, will be less than. But she saw him and considered him faithful who had given this promise. And so we don't just believe the promise. We don't just get to the end, the outcome of the promise by any means. We must uh, allow an increase of faith to happen by means of considering him faithful, walking with him on the journey, declaring again, again in the wrestle, like, no, I'm not going to grasp control. He is faithful. I want his ways. I don't want my ways. And to manipulate it, it never goes well. And yet we have so much trouble learning that lesson. And, and rather, God, I want to consider you faithful. And so I will lay hold of you by faith. I will lay hold of your promises by faith. The, the very way that this, this passage uh, begins or is set up is the last verse in Hebrews 10, which says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, verse 39, but to those who have faith and are saved. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Another way to translate this, that kind of the ESV and the NASB both translate it this way, but for those who have faith, um, for the preserving or the safekeeping of the soul. And, and, I, and I like those translations because it again speaks to an enduring faith. It's not a faith that says, okay, I believe now I'm going to go on with my life. No, it is a faith that endures, that, that, that preserves the safekeeping of the soul. It is an ongoing faith. And it's one that's expressed in the lives of the people that are, uh, that are, that are spoken of in Hebrews 11. And it does not come without this wrestle. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses, okay? So two things that this reiterates in, in, in Paul's letter to Timothy. He's, he's admonishing Timothy. He's encouraging him and challenging him to fight the good fight of faith. Again, there's a wrestle it is not going to be easy to live the life of faith. In fact, and then he, what's his next words? Take hold. 
lay hold of the eternal life, that which you can't see, but you gotta lay hold of it. You gotta lay hold of it. It is a fight, but it's something we must believe in. It's worth believing in and living for. And then he says in, in his second letter to Timothy, chapter four, verse seven, he speaks of, speaking of himself, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The nature of faith reiterated for us again, that it is a, it is a, it is a fight and it, it is not a, a one round bout. It's the full like 13 rounds, right? It, it, is, it is a race. And it is a race of endurance. It is not a sprint, it is a marathon. And here he is at the end of his life saying, but I, I have kept the faith, I have laid hold of it. I have not let go, but I've endured until the end. Let us have such enduring faith. Let there be an increase of faith. Some of you were, would sit in this room this morning and say, I, I feel like I've kind of been at the same faith level for a while. I've kind of figured, okay, this is how I do it. This is how I live the Christian life. This is what it looks like for me in my routine. Occasionally when there's something difficult that comes up, it causes faith to be expressed. Like, okay, God, I need you. Okay, God, I want you to come through. Oh God, I'm desperate. And that is right and that is good. That is, that is one of the ways that trials serve us in life. And, and that's one of the ways, that's why we're, we're called to embrace the trial is because trials lead to greater faith, greater intimacy, greater reliance upon God. But let it not only be when the trials of life come that we experience increases of faith, but let us today say, God, increase our faith. God, give us things to aim for, give us things to believe for. Let us not just uh, live out our days in, in a contentment with the, with the level of faith that we have, but let us see increase, let us go beyond. So what does that look like for you today? We're gonna do something a little different in, in, in response. Um, as we have our kids who are, by faith, believing for bomb pops any minute as soon as I stop talking. Um, but, but I actually, in just a minute, I, I wanna have some of our kids come to the front. Not, not yet, but in just a minute, I'm gonna have some of our kids come to the front. One of the things the Bible talks about when it speaks of children is their faith. And in fact, it, 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 it admonishes a faith that's childlike by nature. There's something of a faith in, in, in a child that believes that God is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. For parents in the room, that he believes what he says you, he, that they believe what, that God uh, can do what he says you, that, that he can do, right? When sometimes we don't believe it, we say it and they believe it. Right? And, we, and we, we would kind of by nature be like, well, you know, he didn't, he didn't always do it. Or, you know, or he might do it. And we're like, they're like, wait, no, he, he does it, right? Like, that's just what he does. That's what we just read, right, in the Bible. So he does it like, yeah, but he does it sometime. Or, and, and they don't understand that. Why? Because they have a childlike faith that God is who he says he is. And he does what he says he does. And we need a little more of that. And so this morning, for, for any of our kids in the room, and I'll even invite our youth up here as well, um, 
to, to, uh, to come if you feel comfortable and just say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for some adults. And I wanna challenge our moms and dads to come and receive prayer from our kids. Kids, you can come up here and pray for people. If you don't wanna pray out loud, you don't have to do that. You can just kind of lay your hand on somebody's arm and you can just pray to yourself. And, you're, and I'm just asking you to pray over them. God, will you give this adult faith? Would you give my mom more faith? Would you, would you help them to believe, God, that you are who you say you are and that you can do what you say you can do? And I really believe that there's an impartation that God wants to give us through the faith of our kids this morning uh, on this family Sunday, okay? So I'm gonna have everybody go ahead and stand up. And uh, we're gonna have a few of our ministry team members, our, our bigger ones uh, over, over on the sides. If you need prayer for something else, if there's a struggle that you're going through, a relational issue, financial, if you need prayer for physical healing, um, what, what, those kinds of things, we, and you, we'd like to talk to somebody, um, we'd love for you to go to one of our ministry team members. If as I've talked about faith today, you've realized you've never actually expressed faith in the person of Jesus, know that, that He um, is pursuing you today. And He longs to have a relationship with you, a faith that brings hope, that, that brings deliverance from bondage and sin and from shame. And, and one of our ministry team members would love to talk with you about that. So they're gonna be over on the side, but I wanna invite any kids that, and some guys in our, in our middle school, high school youth group to come on up here um, and and you can just come and stand up here and kind of line, y'all can kind of line up along the front here. Um, and you know, kind of make your line around here a little bit. And, and then I wanna encourage you guys again, if you feel comfortable praying out loud, you can certainly do that. Um, or if you just wanna place your hand on somebody's arm and pray for them silently that they would have more faith, you can do that. And then I wanna encourage you guys Okay, so you got some ministry team members on the side. You got a ministry team up here in the front. Uh, as always, if you just need to come and do some wrestling with God on your own, the front is open for you to just come and get on your knees. But I wanna encourage some of you adults, some of you moms and dads, come up to your, to your kids. If you, or if you know some of these kids or you know, kids of some of your friends or what have you, um, come and just receive prayer. Uh, and receive an impartation of faith today, okay? So God, we thank you uh, for your presence here in this place. God, we acknowledge our need of greater faith. And Lord, I am believing that there is gonna be truly an impartation of faith today. I pray that, Lord, not one of us would miss out on, on, the, on the opportunity of increased faith, to be a people who believe that the one who promised is faithful. If you need that this morning, if you need to believe that he who promised is faithful, please don't leave this place without receiving prayer from one of our ministry teams, okay? Lord, have your way in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's respond to God.